space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise, its continuing mission. To explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. We think Trek. We talk Trek. With you, we are Trek. Celebrate the Star Trek universe with us. For news, views and reviews. This is the Nerd Escape Podcast. This is the Nerd Escape Podcast. This is the Nerd Escape Podcast. Greetings everybody, Damien here aka Irish Trekkie back with another Nerd Escape podcast with my fellow amazing people Chris the Trek Collector and Linda Hen in the Hat and we are delighted to kick off our Star Trek Lower Decks episode review a little bit earlier than planned because uh, for those oh, that don't know <laughs> Thursday yeah. morning, oh what a joy, I'm glad yes, I switched yes, on Twitter yes. Thursday morning <laughs> <laughs> so yeah for those that don't know uh thursday morning uh it popped up on the cbs all access youtube channel uh to enjoy the premiere of star trek lower decks for a limited time and uh they didn't mince words with limited because uh it disappeared about two hours later and went geo locked and uh our best guess is that it's it was uh, mistakenly put to the global market first yeah, and it was only was... meant for us and canada but hey ho we got the opportunity to watch it so we're going to do our first episode review uh for uh star trek lower decks which is episode one called second contact so i'm looking forward to having a chat with you guys about it but to kind of give you a synopsis um basically we have the crew on their second contact mission to galar and uh ensign mariner and boimler come up with all sorts of shenanigans on the planet. We have an alien virus infestation on the Cerritos. And we have uh, Ensign Rutherford going on what looks like an awesome date, if I say so. Uh, but yeah, listen, I'm going to go to Ichi and I'll swing back around to myself. Before we dive into the episode, uh, Chris, what was your reaction to seeing this for the first time? Okay, well, I woke up Thursday morning. Um, I could not believe my eyes. And you know the way you get these links and you go, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and clicked on it and to my surprise, oh, this actually works. Now, I am sorry for the folks that missed out that are outside uh, Canada and the US because I did tag CBS All Access and went, thanks, guys. These are awesome. This is so bloody cool. These are brilliant. And I probably feckin' let some evil person realize, uh-oh, and they probably locked it on us all. But we got to see it. So don't get a feck. <laughs> um, no, it, it was. I've been waiting for this one. You kind of, I was kind of, as I said, I was always two minds about going and seeing this. Um, you dragged me to the DST panel and I will not look back. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike uh, panel was absolutely like one of the best panels for a new upcoming Star Trek show because of his passion for Star Trek. And the way he pitched the show, he sold it to me. And it did not disappoint. I just think, uh, look, there's elements of Star Trek, all Star Trek in this cartoon. Um, I think the the graphics I like. Um, mm-hmm. I like the story. I just thought it was wacky, quirky, and funny. I just think you know, you know, life on board a starship. You know, oh, getting bitten by an insect. Ah, sure, you know, ah, it's grand. Don't need to get it checked. 
um, the casualty of the date. And ah, yeah, it's just a normal date, you know, with uh, the crew turning into zombies. I just thought it had a nice flow to it. And I just, the humour element is there. Um, whether you laugh at all the jokes or not um, is up to your own sense of humour. But I do think there was, there was enough to give me a giggle um, in it. Cool. And I have to say, I was just blown away by it. I, I, I loved it. So you liked it. Awesome. Oh, absolutely. Yes, yes. <laughs> we'll dive into the details of the episode later on, don't you worry. Uh-huh. And uh, Linda, you're, you're, you freshly yeah. watched it there, so you're like super raw yeah. <laughs> to it now. So um, what, what's, what, what, are you, what are you thinking? What are you feeling after seeing yeah, it? Yeah, like I've only just pressed stop and um, come to talk to you guys. So um, yeah, I loved it. Um it it was very fast, very fast paced. There was a lot of uh, hidden dialogue that I'm going to have to go back and watch about three or four times now just to pick up everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I love it. The, the, my first impression was the ship looks beautiful. It looks gorgeous. Oh, yeah, yeah, gorgeous little yeah. intro. Uh, yeah, the the um, the, the <laughs> intro was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that was the first giggle actually. The intro. Run, running away Excellent. from the battle and all. <laughs> yeah I think yeah yeah so it, it, it kind of met expectations yeah. and maybe exceeded certain ones as well yes yeah. yes met met all the expectations cool. yeah um yeah I found it very I, I found it funny say same well my my issue was it was it was very quick and it all happened very suddenly for me because I just put the kids mm-hmm. to bed and I had like a half hour window to watch it so it was cock, cock, cock. <laughs> so I'm gonna have to watch it over and over again now for the next um oh I can't yeah. it's gone <laughs> yeah it's gone yeah. Oof, it's yeah. gone came so quick and went so quick yeah. I we feel bad la- for the people that I like boast about it's like oh he's checked this now and the people are like oh it's blocked I'm like oh crap oh, it's the joys like, of the internet you gotta you gotta react quickly but listen I, I'm quite confident that we will get it sooner rather than later and I um Again, the beauty of it being a half an hour show is you can watch the crap out of it. Um, but we'll kind of get into like the, the show form and um, the, the, the breakdown of it as well. But I agree with both of you. Um, I had high expectations. I'm a, I'm a big animation fan anyway. I'm a forever child. And um, yeah, again, I really enjoyed it. Surprise, surprise. I know everyone calls me the positive Trekkie. But uh, yeah, listen, it would have had to done a lot now for me not to like it. But animation style humor story all of the nods like uh the font the way the where the story the episode name is placed just like tng and all that kind of jazz but uh yeah looking forward to going into the episode breakdown with you and you mentioned it there linda the the intro <laughs> um i think the intro uh, is the best synopsis of what this show is the fact that it's not a flagship you know, getting sucked into the black hole, you know, knocking the nacelle off that bit of asteroid. The Romulans. And the getting ball. fired that's, and it's like, yeah, nope. says it all. I'm out of here. <laughs> Back just, it up. They know it over there. i got to say, one of the funniest tweets I've seen that somebody uh, did, uh, they, they decided to get Janeway in her ready room and put that background in the background with Jamie I saw that a yeah. cup of coffee and I just <laughs> just it actually sums it up um, the Cerritos just oh crap we're out of here <laughs> yeah yeah they, they, they got one hit to the shields and it's like nope back it up um, but uh, yeah do you know what though but it was but for people new 
to the series or the franchise as well it does kind of give you the kind of unconscious is like this isn't a super slick ship you know they, they they're making mistakes on their intro <laughs> you know <laughs> but um yeah i think it sets it up very very well um now to kind of dive into it um the characters that we see on display in this episode we have uh, beckett mariner we have uh, ensign brad boimler uh, we get to see the fantastic Ensign Tendy, Ensign Rutherford on his date, as I mentioned. And then we get to see the bridge crew. We have uh, Captain Carol Freeman. We have Commander Jack Ransom with his shenanigans. Uh, Lieutenant uh, Shax in security, which is awesome. Yeah, we have Dr. Taana as well, which looks like a fantastic character. And a whole host of auxiliary special guests as well in engineering and uh, on the bridge crew. And, and the fantastic bar. With, I think, one of the best insignia logos I've seen. It looks like a delta with, like, two olives sticking <laughs> out of it as well. But um, before we dive into the uh, the story, per se, uh, what did everyone think of the characters now after seeing an episode? Marner is my favourite by far. I love mm. her yeah. enthusiasm. I love the background story for her. She's been there. Um, she ha- It's not the fact that... She's pushed on getting promoted. She sees the faults in the Federation, which I think is kind of like lining up for what we've seen in Picard and lining mm-hmm. up for Discovery in the future. She sees the Federation isn't perfect. And uh, she's still got that, you know, I, I want to be in Starfleet to help them out. So I, I think there was a good part of, I, I, like, the characters were so well. So uh, Mariner's my favourite by a mile. I just love the giddiness. Mm. So casual, relaxed, and just crazy. And she knows her stuff. So she's she, a rebel. She, she's your atypical, very capable person. But yeah, she has that reality eye on the, the, the showboating nature of certain crew. And um, yeah, listen, this is going to be a spoiler cast for sure. So I should have mentioned that before. <laughs> um, Linda, mm. the characters as a whole, like who is your kind of standout? What do you think of the characters themselves as well? Yeah, I loved Mariner. Um I found it interesting that mm. she's still in Starfleet, even though she has no intention of, <laughs> of being promoted <laughs> or anything. But she's seen things, man. You know, I just thought she'd be out of there. But um, yeah, I like her. I love the the grumpy doctor. Yeah. But Mariner's still yeah. in Starfleet because daddy's an admiral oh, and mommy's a captain. And yeah. she loves the brig. <laughs> she loves the brig. Yeah. Okay. You know, and she served on five ships and has I, been I, to I, many planets, you know. I love the I love the ending when it comes the, the the bomb drop is that like Captain Freeman is her mom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. is an admiral and the little lovers quarrel over I want her off my ship. <laughs> admiral business, I have to go. It's perfect. It's perfect. And like even that scene in Sick Bay later on where Dr. Tana goes to Captain Freeman and we don't have time because she's infected and then Mariner's like oh yo should have washed your hands you know <laughs> <laughs> and it's like shut up you're demeaning me in front of the crew um, but yeah no so far the, the characters are fantastic uh, very well portrayed and very uh, and pun intended very animated in their in their vocals as well again I love the super enthusiasm of Tendi you know yeah. and um, again Ensign Rutherford just seems like an absolute freaking hoot with yep. these uh, malfunctioning or yeah. yet to be calibrated 
uh, cybernetic. Like, Vulcan it's so cool cybernetics. to have a cyborg, but just a, a new cyborg, <laughs> like, in the last week or so, he's just got it installed. But, um, yeah. And a Vulcan cyborg. Yes. And a, Vul- and a Vulcan <laughs> cyborg. Now, just before we kind of dive into it, I think one of the, the big fears or concerns about Lord Dex would be that, again, it was always pitched as a show, a comedy. And again, being animated, that would it be very shallow? Uh, would it be like just complete, just stereotypes of uh, Star Trek characters? And I, but I think stereotypes have been essential to Star Trek characters before. Like you know, you have your bridge crew, you have your captain, your number one, and you know your geek and stuff like that as well. Uh, do you think that the characters have depth here? Um, in a, in episode one now, um, <laughs> Captain Jack Ransom has to be your stereotypical commander number one, uh, Riker. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I love them. Uh, small appearance. It's exactly the balance that we got. Captain Freeman again, very very cool. It's I think they got the right mix. It's focusing on the lower deck crew, but we get cranky the command doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah it's the slime <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the right mix like you know there is a story and it's focused on the lower deck crew which which is fantastic and that's the comical element but even like the likes of going up to the bridge and just answering the calm and putting on his deep voice on my way <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean? yeah it's kind of yeah. like those fantasy roles that you would like you know we're ta- casually talking and then you get a call from the bridge you know saying, <laughs> on my way uh practicing but freaking out when you're getting on the bridge though sweating and exactly yeah so i think yeah. all aspects were kind of done and even the reaction with uh commander uh commander ransom looking at boimler and going what are you doing on the bridge should you not be at your post and then the captain saying like you with me and like the little smiley face going up <laughs> i'm here by the captain's request yeah yeah, yeah no i yeah. look um I, I just think i i, I like i have nothing to complain about this episode i just think everything was was fantastic we had our little story mm. um there was the little kind of sense of morale that the federation don't tend to you know what i mean they're worrying about all the things but the poor little farmer mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the spider with yeah. milk was absolutely hilarious. It reminded me of a Deep Space Nine episode where uh, Cisco and O'Brien did take off their uniform, which was kind of cool as well, but we didn't have a giant spider <laughs> kind of sucked to living with Jays with O'Brien's uniform. Like, <laughs> yeah, you make a good point there. It, do you know, it was like a Deep Space Nine episode, but it was like one of the ones where like Bashir would go off or like o- O'Brien would go off where it's not like your normal bridge crew yeah. where they're yeah. going off to a planet and stuff like that. That uh, It's like, we need to get these guys set up with the uh, subspace so they can, you know, start talking with the rest of the Federation and then Mariner goes off uh, because she, it turns out, she was there for first contact. So we have, to take a step back, we have the, the what are the name of the aliens? So it's on Galler, um, Galenors or something, but, Hey, uh, uh, what, what was it called? Star, Star Wars, the, except they're pink? Ewoks? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, okay, well, let's, let's, let's go with that. Look like with pink that. Ewoks. Uh, okay, right. Okay, okay so little pink Ewoks. <laughs> but, listen, we, we talked about uh, Second Contact a lot before watching this episode. But, yeah, this is literally... The introduction to Lord Dex, where they're setting up the subspace, and um, all all that stuff as well. But th- th- what do you think of all the details, like the the pattern trans, uh, the pattern enhancers for like beaming and mm-hmm. all the little nods to like even like what do you think about the holodeck scene? 
where they're doing the tour of the of uh, the Ceratos. Uh, what do you think about that, yes, Linda? Yes, loved it. Um, oh, well, what hit me was the sound effects. You know, the little door chime mm. and all the little button pressing and the, the calm sound. Yeah, I got, I got TNG tingles <laughs> with the sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> what about the auxiliary hatch that did not respond during Red oh, Alert? That was, that was outrageous. I can't believe <laughs> I can't believe it didn't respond. <laughs> yeah, it, it needs some maintenance. It did need some, but listen. I think we found out why the holodeck gets so dirty as well. Uh, Mariner had an interesting oh, program yeah, yeah, that yeah, uh, yeah. she queued up there. Yeah. Um, Might want to stand back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but like I, I remember, we were talking previously about the the potential of animation. How uh, the animated series back in the seventies allowed for you know more fantastical ships and alien creatures and stuff like that. But like in this episode. We get a virus infection. We get a spacewalk on the hull off the Ceratos. We get, you know, hallway fights and phaser battles. A massive bar, which looks awesome, by the way. And uh, we see a variety of uh, different parts of the ship. And again, massive uh, milking, (laughs) lactating spiders that uh, like to, uh, you know, suckle on a poor ensign (laughs) a little bit um but like so yeah let's let's go back to the story um so we have our second contact and we have our uh virus now you mentioned earlier chris about like how ransom just dismissed the the bug bite and someone goes you should get that checked out and i'll be all right um what do you think of the whole handling of the the virus infection and the the zombification of the crew come here it's star trek look come here how many (laughs) tng episodes have we seen Dr. Crusher, when it comes to a virus, the last minute she steps in and saves the day. Why would you sweat? Why would you be worried about a date with all the crew being zombified? Yeah, that's that's normal. But as Linda said, like <laughs> a turbo shaft door not opening correctly during a red alert is a problem. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it was perfect humor. It was absolutely perfect humor. It is literally taking the wee wee out of every Star Trek episode that there was a virus. Because yeah. they do mm-hmm. suddenly, the, the cure happens to fall on their lap. And it was perfect. Yeah. And what, <laughs> you know wasn't what I mean? it genius and that there was a date going on at the same time? I just thought that was brilliant. And isn't that, and every, that was that's perfect. everyone's dream yeah. date is to go on a spacewalk. <laughs> but that's perfect lower decks, like yeah. the TNG yeah. episode where we had the, the Cardassian, um, you know, whistleblower. But none of the lower decks crew knew what was going on. Mm. And they were just having their life around. That was just kind of, it had the elements of that where they're on a date. Yeah. But again, we well, don't care how the, 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 the cure was synthesized. We get the bare bones of it because again, it's a, a bookend story. You get the beginning and the end within less than half an hour, um, which is perfect mm. because you get to go off on these uh, shenanigans with the, with the lower decks crew and like all of the, how many ops stations were there on that ship? Oh, I think Boimler was like, ops, you know, ops discovered. And citation, yeah. uh, citation ops. not citation, a citation ops yeah. was mentioned as Love well. It. Oh my god! <laughs> That's the I, beauty of having an episode that's thirty minutes because you can rewatch it and get all yeah. of the cues for the the the, the hardcore fans. Yeah. And maybe put the subtitles well. on for the second round just to to get everything. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think one of the cool things about it as well as as much as we see the lower decks crew trying to well some of them trying to impress their superiors. I liked the way that, you know, it still is the same 
with the command team because Captain Freeman at the end with her log saying, you know, just the typical important role of a second contact with a virus, you know what I mean? Justifying like, oh, we're, we're important. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know what I mean? You're like, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Really well done. So look, the funny part is like, you know, picking engineering. <laughs> <laughs> you know like if you're on a holiday where do you want to be engineering warp core that looks like a good warp core though yeah. <laughs> it, it's just and practicing the captain's log I think there's just elements of the Star Trek fan <laughs> you know when you were younger when you were a kid watching TNG when it first came out you know being jealous of Wesley Crusher or Will Wheaton going you swine I would kill to have your role playing yeah. on the bridge playing mm. on you know what I mean making those warp core sounds so you know i think the humor the balance the story everything is just in the show it, it i to be honest with you i think this i gotta say it, it's it's the best star trek pilot Ooh. um for me Ooh. damn yeah that's high <laughs> praises but it just it sucked me in um i just like it's a good pilot it's a good pilot yeah, yeah it's short it, and it's, sweet. it's very strong yeah. yeah yeah which is a nice uh change from the the, the hour long or the two parter yeah. um, that we'd normally get uh, with Trek as well. And I think one of the cleverest things that they have done here is with the two primary characters, which in my mind are Ensign Mariner and Boimler, where you have like when they were doing the tour with Tendi, you know, Mariner is like, uh, nothing important happens here. I don't know what's in this room. She's just here for the shits and giggles. But Boimler's there like, oh, that's an auxiliary room. That That's a very important room. And this is over here. So like for for like the people watching this, you're going to have a certain person watching this just for the, the sheer humor. But you're going to have people who are there for like the, the Easter eggs and stuff like that. And I think that's what those two characters are meant for, yeah. that uh, the two of them can cohabitate uh, in a fun distraction a fun uh, 30 minutes away from your week that you can then watch probably three or four times in quick succession mm. <laughs> I, I had to like the way at the end of it you know where people are looking for Star Trek references and stuff like that oh, and yeah. I thought one of the f- funniest jokes at the end was Mariner like babbling as much Star Trek history as she could name dropping <laughs> yeah, and it's like you like you know Spock <laughs> and you know Spock came back and Can and Kirk and all these situations and you're going Wales. Like, you know yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> you, you, they're like I know exactly what was meant there it wasn't you know done for the sake of we know our Star Trek it was more kind of like you know this is we're, we're trying to be funny about this as in we're yeah. going to try and make so many references in a short space of time which I found it really 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 funny yeah. Look, it's. I think this is this is going to be fun. And actually, speaking about a two-part, I think a two-parter episode for this could be fun <laughs> if they pick an interesting type topic. But I, I could actually see uh, like a nice season end Oh, yeah. don't no, don't do a best about worlds. You can't do that anymore. That's just no. wrong. You can't just <laughs> leave. Can. And especially we haven't. We, we've we've got one episode. We have to wait like oh, God knows how long. Goodness. Like I, I think know. I can see Fairhaven and up the long ladder and. Certain Irish Star Trek episodes getting reviewed next week or the week after. It's well, we did make way. the threat yeah. and we have to follow through for to, sure. Yeah. Two for sure. word. Mm, now, um, just to kind of jump back to something that you said earlier, Linda, mm-hmm. uh, the ship grew on you this episode. Yeah. So the visuals definitely tick the boxes for you. Um, what was it about the the ship and the visual style of the episode that really kind of... Yeah. Wow, it's you. just it looks gorgeous. Like I, I, 
I watch a lot of kids TV. <laughs> so I, I do watch a lot of um, <laughs> cartoons. Uh, the Rick and Morty, that kind of thing, I'm not really into as as much um, as other stuff. So I'm not used to that kind of animation uh, anymore. I would watch like F- Futurama mm-hmm. back in the day. But yeah, it's nice to have that kind of animation uh, for the interiors. and then, But the outside of the ship, the space scenes with the lights glowing and the dark and the lovely bright colours and everything. It mm. just looks amazing. Beautiful. Douglas Station looked awesome. Yeah. Oh, that opening sequence with the space dock and the other mm. starships was absolutely That's incredible. And, oh, um, the Cerritos is actually was one that I was like, you know, could I, you know, uh, take apart some of my old, I have a couple of AMTDs and it's like the kit saucer bash shape. Yeah, yeah. Kit bash, but unfortunately the D saucer shape is a little bit wrong. It looks similar, but it's not. And, uh, yeah. but like, it's also quite uh, thick on the ship. Yeah. Uh, to be honest with you, it's one that I would actually, it'd be interesting to see what way, I, I know, I believe Eagle Moss is going to do this ship, but I'd like to see this done yep. in two styles. Um, I would like to one see it done cartoon style, and two I would like to see it done like a realistic. TNG side, hmm. yeah, style as in non cartoon, but yeah. done in the TNG style because I think both versions of that would look pretty damn awesome. Interesting. Yeah, agreed. I, um, agreed. I, I love the the ensign's quarters in the corridor <laughs> and the view <laughs> near the yeah. shower. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a sonic shower. Yeah, they have a hell of a window though. Oh yeah, that's yeah. But it's it actually it reminds me of Stargate Universe. Actually, you know the way, the way on Destiny that they had that big massive view screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. you know it's kind of cool. Like it's one of the quirks. Like you you have the worst cabins on the ship, but you've got one of the best views, which is kind of like very rewarding. And it, it's mm-hmm. it is it's cool. Yeah. That's it, that's it. And um, I was going to say something there. Oh, yeah, the Master Systems display clearly shows the turbo lift trans, uh, tra- traversing the pylon down to uh, the drive section as well. So for all those people cool. who were, that we were talking about in the last podcast, um, there's a little bit of uh, Elcar's candy for you. Uh, thanks oh, to the Yakudas and the, the writers and uh, creators of the show. Um, but yeah, no, the visuals w- were great. And... Uh, Again, it was just like it. It was just like a continuation of TNG. You know, Picard is you know the continuation of the character there. But again, there's a big visual style thematic change to it. But again, like the intro song, the opening sequence for the ship flybys, at the font and the visual style. Yeah. Again, it's you could you could watch this you know from the next generation onwards. And what I like about this show, and you mentioned it there a moment ago, Chris, where, you know, Mariner is going on about Sulu and Kirk and Spock and stuff like that. We're, we're, we're getting that perspective that, like, these are fans of the heroes of, you know, the Federation history, that they can kind of be wowed by them, that they're just not the main characters of the TV show. Mm-hmm. So I really look forward to more, you know, name drops of, uh, like, Worf was name dropped in yeah. there as well. But um, I, I think it's going to be cool. And... You know, just to kind of swing back to what I think you said earlier, Linda, as well, that it was fast paced. Yeah. Um, would you like it to have been longer or do you think that this like the 25 minute mark for an episode suits the kind of fast paced 
joke telling and uh, storytelling I, and this. I yeah, it, it does suit it, but I would have no problem with watching twice the length. I mean, when it all comes out, I'm going to be probably binging it a couple of times in yeah. a row. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. if it was if it was out over here now, I've probably I'd probably watch it every day uh in the week until the next one comes out because there are so many references just crammed in so much dialogue crammed into it that i just think it well i me anyway because i have such a bad memory um i would i would need (laughs) i'd need more than more than one watch but um yeah Yeah. it's it's a nice pace it's nice you know um it did suit suit the episode anyway yeah that's what i think cool cool and chris were you happy with the kind of pacing and length of the at the episode I itself. think it was absolutely perfect. I wouldn't change a thing. Um, there is a lot of references. I would agree with Linda that you could actually go back and probably find more um, if you study with it. And I think that's mm-hmm. a great thing to have, you know, finding the hidden Easter eggs. And in fairness to Mike, you know, there's plenty in there, <laughs> which is which is a great thing. But uh, I think, no, mm. as I said, the, the cool thing about a show like this is that, as I said, like you, you mentioned it earlier on, like, I think you could have a nice two-parter, which would give you this. But I do think this is going to be one of these shows that is going to be absolutely amazing to binge watch. Um, I think, you know, I can absolutely see, I think, what, 10 episodes this season? Mm. So you're looking at, well, five hours, not even. So I think that's going to be an easy waste of a Saturday night. Sit down, yeah. have a few beers, chill, relax. And I'd say the giggles will get more funnier the more beers you drink. <laughs> True. Um, and your eyes will be like going over something that's going on in the background, like, you know, um, uh, a, a bit of equipment on a shelf somewhere or a, a background alien like a Benzizer <laughs> or so on and so mm. forth. But um, just something that I was thinking about there and a shout out to the Trekkie girls that made this point at DST last year that um, with Star Trek moving to serialized, it makes it quite hard to kind of you know just jump into an episode off an evening you know in the middle of a story um you kind of want to go back to the first episode and carry it through or do like a watch of it in sequence whereas something like this you could re-watch most likely episode five and then come back to episode two because they're individual stories with again the character development is what's going to be the serialized nature of this but the the stories will have a a bookend you know beginning Mm. and end which you know, I think it's a, it's a nice change of pace. And with this finishing and then going into Discovery, I think that suits it very well. Yeah. You know, you can't have too much of the same. Um, and that's what I'm hoping that Star Trek Universe is going to be in the long run, that we'll have different varieties of Trek to appeal to a broad range of people that we can rewatch our episodes as much as we want. But then there's something a little bit different coming around the corner. I as think well. one thing that I do have to say, I think it's, it, it's ingenious by Mike. Um, I think it gives a lot of answers to what a lot of Star Trek fans would have really ideally liked with Star Trek coming back. Ideally, I think a lot of people wanted a show a year after Nemesis. And I do think the animation way was the way to answer this because, you know, like a lot has changed in visual effects. If you're doing a sci-fi show, like if you look at The Expanse and then you look at TNG and you say, well, we want to bring... TNG a year forward so how do we get that style of ship to fit in you know without going way too forward yeah. you know yeah. you don't want to rock it too much but you don't want it to look it's dated fair. like it's in the yeah. 90s yeah. exactly yeah. you know so you know and there's always going to be a sci-fi around the corner that's going to challenge the likes of 
90s TV. So, you know what I mean? Mm. I think this was a fairly clever way to give us the Star Trek that a lot of fans did want a year after Nemesis. Now we've got this little Star Trek set in its little timeline a year after Nemesis. The styling, the sounds, everything's there. And uh, it's fun. Mm. It's fun. And I think that statement alone is what we need right now especially this year more than any oh absolutely and uh i think for trek as well it's nice to have like when you look back at tos and certain tng episodes and there was some slapstick stuff in there whether they whether they thought it was at the time or not mm-hmm. but um there, there is a lot of humor in there but it's nice to have a show dedicated to that but still be sprinkled with a little bit of science a little bit of easter eggs here and there and again, the DNA of Trek is in there. I don't think, I don't think this cartoon would could be translated to another franchise. Um, like what I what I mean by that is, I, I don't think they're just using the the Star Trek aesthetic uh, to bring in more fans for the humor. I think the humor works because it's part of Star Trek. You know, um, taking the piss out of like the Batleth in the hall. Uh, at the very beginning like you know there's rusty blood on that and all the all those little things i think it's a proper star trek show and uh the first comedy star trek show and hopefully not the last many seasons i'm hoping for eight seasons <laughs> of this to give mikey's eight season run yeah. of star trek <laughs> yeah actually that's a fair point whether whether it does or not it's hard to say at the moment but it's off to a solid good start as i think it's one of the best pilots I've seen because just that comfort zone to sit in yeah and enjoy the episode and I think what worked so well for it was you didn't have to take the episode so serious and you, you could kind of see what was coming around the corner and again as I said like it just kind of like a little bit of taking the wee wee out of 90s TV you know oh yeah. god someone got a bug bite I, like either he's going to self-replicate or you know he's going to turn into a zombie or you know the crew's all going to die <laughs> oh, that happened so <laughs> fast they just all exploded into zombies there was no um, exposition or anything that it was, was perfect just, ah they're all zombies <laughs> and, the, but that, and, that, and that was perfect yeah. and like when Ransom got cured and he's like you know, oh, this yeah, wouldn't have happened in another Star Trek episode, but his response was, did I eat people? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, just a little, oh, oh my God. Because <laughs> you know? that's how a person would react. Like, it's like, what am I tasting? Is that flesh? But um, yeah, no, it's it's cool and it's fun. And uh, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad that everyone likes it. I was very curious because mm. you, you don't know with the new show and you don't know, especially with the new medium. Uh, to trek like this um star wars has been doing animation for a while now and very successfully and in a different vein and um, i'm glad this has been successful i hope the same success comes to star trek prodigy for mm. the the younger generation as well and um again um maybe this could be run into like future series or short treks and stuff like that as well so uh i wish them all the success and uh yeah we look forward to reviewing more episodes when it comes to uh, Europe and beyond and uh, you lucky pups over in Canada and America, enjoy it. But keep your mouth shut for us. <laughs> um, so I think we'll wrap it up there for today's podcast. Um, I think I speak on behalf of everyone here. Massive congratulations to the team behind Star Trek Lower Decks and a special three-fingered salute to uh, putting this two months forward than when they planned um it was it was an amazing show to introduce us to and uh, we look forward to it and uh, we look forward to having future podcasts on it as well um so 
do we want to wrap up on anything else there or are we I think we covered everything all I'll say is hot banana <laughs> hot banana <laughs> I wonder was that a nod to the Orville or did they open a can of worms there now because uh, the Orville on. had a very famous banana in there as well but anyway that's cool if it did it would be cool I don't care I found a funny replicator with a malfunction it's just throwing out hot bananas that was funny <laughs> it was it was and I look forward to many more replicator shenanigans and many more scenes in the awesome bar on the Cerritos um, and with that I shall bid you adieu from myself so it's goodbye from me it's long and from me and goodbye from me take it easy <laughs>